it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Team Never Quit podcast is sponsored by Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. I saw all the oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Join Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramont Plus. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. If you could be that beacon, right, for somebody out there, even if it's like, you know, uh, War Horse 1, if somebody watches the movie and says, oh, man, that's, all, that's awesome. I'm moved to go be a, a Navy SEAL. How many people have said to me, yeah, I watched Black Hawk Down, I joined the Army because of Sugar and Gordon. All right, everybody, welcome back to the TNQ Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Luttrell. Every week, it's my job to fire you up, to ignite the legend inside of you, and to push you to your greatness. Join me every week as I take you into my briefing room with some of the most hard-charging people on the planet. They're going to show you how to embrace the suck of life, teach you the values of working your ass off, and charge through whatever life throws at you. This is the Team Never Quit Podcast. So buckle up, buttercup. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Team Never Quit Podcast. As always, thank you guys for listening and watching, and please go hit that like and subscribe button wherever you get your show. So before we kick it off with our awesome show that we have coming up, let's kick it off with our Patreon question of the day, which is, I like this one. So what is your favorite conspiracy theory? Oh boy! Oh, I mean, we can do a whole show. Yeah. 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 Sitting around here. What so, you got, Marcus, I gotta say, like the whole Illuminati thing, like Jay Z and Beyonce running the world no, with Hillary. I love that. One. I love that. The flat earthers. You're a flat earther. You're, you're oh, down with that. Or that's your favorite one? Kyrie well, Irving is. Well, just people trying to prove it. You know, just like Sam said with the Illuminati yeah. and, and flat earthers. That's a good one. What about you, Marcus? I love the pyramids, man. I was going to well, say the same game, thing. That's What's my favorite. What's the conspiracy? What it the, is. Whether what, they were what, built what, by aliens. Yeah. Oh. Or at least had extraterrestrial the original, help. Yeah. The Giza. 
the Great Pyramid, right? Mm-hmm. Conspiracy. I just fascinated yeah. by that whole time period because we're closer to Cleopatra in age than she is to the pyramid, right? Yeah, they, I mean, yeah, that's yeah, the thing. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, so. I think it was like the Egyptian Historical Society or whoever runs that side of that thing over there. They're they're trying to attri- attribute the building of those pyramids to the wrong people, right? See, here's what we do with my education. Is I'll get you in the right time period, but if you want like the exact date and protocol, I'm not your guy. Yeah. You know, there's smart guys for that that give this. It was at six point two eight three. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know conspiracy theory. I mean, I I still personally, the JFK thing to me is pretty interesting. Good one. There's I mean, a. I thought they were gonna square it out so away. Many different when, when see, that's a, this is and why everyone I, got yeah. quiet again. I, this is why yeah. I don't think it's a conspiracy. Right? Yeah. Is because. They, when they were supposed to release everything, they didn't release it. Right, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's so what if you want to like keep a conspiracy next, yeah. going, that's one way to do it. That's, that's exactly right. Mm. They cracked the tape on the secret envelope and they went like, oh, man, oh. we got to put that, let's put that oh. back oh. under the covers. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. I think Trump and Clinton both did that, right? So if them dudes are like, hey, yeah. Yeah. It must be something good. This is on a need to know basis and nobody needs to know. That's right. (laughs) I wonder if that's like uh, because some people are still alive. Because if everyone was dead that was associated with the conspiracy, they'd be like, ah, fuck. In our history, the way it is, we we would accept it. Yeah. Well, there's nothing you could do now. There's nothing you could do about it. Yeah. It's kind of like with everything else. I mean, it's in the past. We learned from it, but. Yep. Oh, I got one for you. Somebody and I were talking about the other day because they just came out that we have aliens and they got the ship and, mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. And I was like, well, in Area 51, back there was a radio show that came out, War of the Worlds. Freaked, oh, yeah. freaked everybody out. Just just a simple radio show. Was that Orson Welles? Orson Welles, thank you. Yeah, yeah has that great voice. And, and, oh, yeah. and, and then now, There's you actually have our leadership saying it, but everyone's so desensitized to it because of the movies that we got. It's just kind of like... I think it's strange because you got a, you know, this entity that we call the government, right? That that disseminates information. And from this point to this point, they're like, they don't exist. And then all of a sudden, they just turn 180 and go, they exist. And we have the crafts and we have the bodies. So All them stories, oh man, they're true. Well, that's how they had it work because I mean, if you're still alive, there's some gen- the generational thing. That's how you can tell there's a change coming because yeah, all when yeah. that stuff that they've kept that tight when when you, one generation's growing up and there's that transition to power, which we're going through now between the baby boomers and us, you're starting to see that. You know what's strange? I don't know if you guys feel this way, but the people that and not the Fravor guy, I think his name is Fravor or Fravor or the uh, jet pilot that said he was chasing him in the, his yeah, aircraft. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, not him, but this, this latest guy that they put in front of Congress, I think it was, uh, looking at that guy, and no offense to that guy if he ever watches this, but you're like, come on, dude. Like, I don't know what it is. I, so in the movie business, right, our, our whole thing is to be believable. Right. Right? The camera's rolling. You're supposed to be so-and-so. You're saying this. you got to make it believable. And, and as we were talking about for the last couple of days is tone, Right. The authenticity of tone, what you say, right? right? Like, I don't know if your old man ever said something to you that was serious and important. Man, he could have said ice cream, bubblegum, bunny rabbit. But the tone he put behind those words, you know that tone. You know you what mean? I mean? So yeah. I, when I listen to some of these guys talk about the aliens, I'm like, this guy's foolish. You know who wrecked that? Hmm. Y'all did. 
Who, the movie people? You. Yeah, the actors. Hey, come on, man. You know why? Hey. Because you do such a good job to be, be so believable mm. that when a real person comes in to do it and they're, they don't know how to act. Yeah, oh, well, you're <laughs> saying, yeah, we spoiled it. We no, spoiled it. That's not a spoil. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. that was yeah. it for the Patreon question. Yeah. I got to bring it back in real yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Conspiracy yeah. theories. I, I completely get what you're saying. We'll get lost. But you want to I'm like, you could have hired someone better to do this. I know. I would joke about this. like, that's the guy who's going to tell us this and it's like man no. I know it. And, and it's like, call call me up. Call like some of the good people the up movies, and then we'll tell you. Let's introduce Johnny. Let's get to it. Marcus got lost in the conspiracy. It's good, right? Hey man, I'm there with you, bro. Let's get some intros going here. So today we are joined by an amazing group of people that came from all over the U.S. We'll start with Samantha Bonilla, who is a amazing Marine. We've got Mikey Sowers, U.S. Navy SEAL co-founder of Forged and uh, the Mike, Mike Murphy Challenge. And then last but not least, the one and the only Mr. Johnny Strong. Mm. He's an American actor, composer, musician, and now a movie director. Mm. And that's your given name. It is. That's pretty Imagine tough, that, trying to grow up How was that, that grow up like? Is that like Sue, so people always test in that package? <laughs> oh, you don't... Uh, sorry Just about curious, that. man. Uh, I, I had dinner with a man named Sue. Uh, Sue LaRue. I don't know if you know did, who that is. Did, I don't, but how was the conversation? Was it, did you bring it up? No. You didn't even talk about it? No. It was with like, I feel like I missed It was some cool like, story. there were some ground branch dudes there. There were some ex SF dudes or former SF dudes there. And, uh, and he's got a, Sue has got a crazy story about the Foreign Legion and, and some crazy stuff. Maybe I shouldn't talk about that on here. But, um, but yeah, strong man. Try to grow up with that last name. Probably same growing up with Richard is your first name. I mean, yeah, yeah. a lot of, a lot so of complications. We, we had one of the guys that was started with us. His last name was Hooks, and he named his kid Steel. Yeah, white kid in Hawaii. So you know he's going to be tough. That's a tough dude. We have yeah. kids. We got to have cool names. You got to cool hook them up. Names. Hook them up. Like, I hook my kids up. I got a hunter and an axe. And an Adelaide as a daughter. Are you even kidding me? How cool is that? <laughs> Everyone's naming mm. their kid like Maverick now. There's some good <laughs> totally ones. Totally Yeah, Sydney named her kid Rip. Just like oh, the kid, but I mean, it's Love yeah. It. You can't just be making that up on the spot anymore. It's good, man. Because <laughs> so, these younger generations, they're, they're they got some great skills. Their capabilities are far beyond. We may be hybrids, the Gen X guys, but whatever these. Yeah, I wonder are. though. You know, primitive skills. Like, I think, I think you know, the older you go back, the more primitive you commit, and then now this these next generations are more. They might be more tech savvy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like sometimes, you know, like there's a younger guy in the room. It's like, hey, man, I'll give you your phone. Like, can you figure out how to do that social media stuff? You know? Yeah, but are they the ones that are tearing it up in these in the Mike Murphy challenges? I mean, what what age group is that? Is it the tech? Is it the same generation? Yeah, I, I mean, just but, well, just like in athletics, you know, younger you know people I mean? usually the day, tend we to do that. They didn't get involved with anything. Yeah. Yeah. Now you see him. I heard Wahlberg or uh, um, was it Elon's wanting to fight. Zuckerberg, right? Is that that would never happen back in the day? You know, hey, oh, fight. you want to you want to talk about conspiracy? Okay, I'm a black belt. I'm a black belt of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I want to talk to the jiu you know, the jiu-jitsu community real quick. I think that whole thing with Zuckerberg and Elon Musk and the jiu-jitsu and the training, especially Zuckerberg, I think that is a conspiracy all in to itself, to where a guy that an entire swath of humanity was like that guy's a lizard. F that guy, you know? As mm. soon as he comes out on Joe Rogan, I've been doing jujitsu and it's the best thing in the world. Now you got an entire swath of people going, yeah, that guy's great. 
That guy is not real. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what I mean? Have y'all met her? I wish. Have you? No. I'd like to find out what she's on. <laughs> yeah. So you said, you said you're a black belt in jiu-jitsu. Yes, How'd you get into jiu-jitsu? Well, I've been doing uh, martial arts since I was a kid. Uh, my, uh, we were talking last night about Kung starting. Who, star- who, who got you in there? Uh, Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee. Man. What movie? That was it? Uh, Enter the Dragon. I think that was the first one, and then I got into Fist of Fury and all his other stuff. And um, like I was telling you, my father worked with um, uh, Golden Harvest, Raymond Chow, and those guys. And so Bruce Lee was kind of uh, in the. I don't know, the workspace of my growing up, you know? Uh, so I got heavily into that. And uh, there was a judo place that I went to go learn judo when I was a young man. Because that's what it was back in the day, right? There was this... There it was, was like specific, judos. like, so... It went all this, what we yeah, had Yeah, so Bruce Lee's stuff was called Kung Fu. So if you were doing any Bruce Lee stuff, it was considered Kung Fu. Right. And then if you were doing, it was right, right. like I there understand was what you're saying. It's like karate. Coke and Pepsi. Like yes. we all, uh, one thing. Okay. Soda. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Soda, right? So, or what do you guys call it in the South? Pop. 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 Yeah. Okay. So, and then, uh, you know, that that's what I kind of, I followed that that martial arts kind of lineage of Jeet Kune Do and Bruce Lee, Kung Fu and Judo and stuff, throwing people around. And then. Um, like, did it eat you up? Is that Was that your thing? Oh, man, it's hard to tell. It, you know, for me, is it's a creative thing. It's a creative expression, where I'm not in. I'm not really in control of it. Yeah. This, this is. It, That's what I was it's, asking. It's a weird. Because you know, some of those kids when we're young, you get into it. Like they dressed up like in the kung fu outfits and would walk around out in town. Oh, ninja I mean, man! Yeah, I don't know you if know you had a pair of ninja whole, tabbies, but I did. And the whole ninja outfit, but you kept it hidden, right? And then all your weapons were in a different drawer. <laughs> you can't be the only you one get, that did you that. You got to hide them from <laughs> your parents. I am, right? All right. You, you went in that weapon store to buy no. the, the ninja stars. Of course, I'm 21 years old. How come you can't see over the counter? All the ninja stars and all the weapons. I did all that. I had all that. So that helped with acting then. Um. Yes, later on, later on in life, you know, I, um, a good friend of mine, this is in, I want to say 1998, 99, something like that, about 25 years ago. Um, he came back from Arizona where he was, well, first of all, let me rewind 1993, um, at my place and my buddy, Chris, who I was just talking about, Chris Lissando, shout out, uh, Lissando, uh, shout out to Chris. He's at his apartment and we're both watching the UFC. And he calls me up after hoist beat everybody and goes, do you think this is bullshit? Like, what, what is this? Like, is this like, uh, back in the day it was called WWF or, Hulk, mm. you know, mm-hmm. fake wrestling. Yeah, yeah. So we didn't know if it was real or not. And then years later, about five years later, he goes to Arizona to MIT, the motorcycle Institute to work on bikes. He comes back and he's like, uh, he comes visit me in North Hollywood and says, um, I was doing NHB fighting. Dan Severn had some shows or something down there that he was the doing amateur bar, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he's like, there's a jujitsu spot. I was living in North Hollywood right behind Circus Liquor. And he's like, there's a jujitsu spot a couple streets down from your house. I'm training there. You should come train. At the time, I was still, you know, run. The ship was still kind of being uh, navigated by the ego. And I was like, nah, I don't need any of that. I got my striking's good. My takedowns are pretty good. I, I'm not going to go to the ground. And and we were in my uh, backyard, and I had a bag set up. 
uh, Everlast bag and I'm showing him my striking and stuff. He's like, all right, cool, whatever. So he goes and trains uh, for a little bit and then he comes back and he's hanging out at my house. He's like, man, you really should start training. It's really dope. He's trying, you know, like how best friends kind of try to pull best friends into doing what they're into. Yeah. You know? So it's easier to train with a partner. Yeah. And, and having somebody to motivate and to share that love with, you know? And uh, so we go in my backyard again. He chokes me out three times in my backyard. And I was like, I need to know this. I need, like, it was like being shown a secret. Dude. Yeah. You know, magic. Like if you got shown how to do magic. It is different like that. Because sometimes when people show you something and it knocks you out, you don't have anything to do with it. Yeah, or even in striking, there's a strange thing in timing and what they call puncher's chance, right? So like if, if you, like let's say a guy who knows nothing and a guy who knows nothing and you just say, okay, fight. There's a chance one's going to hit the other guy and knock that, him out. You know, there's yeah. a chance the other guy's going to hit, right? If they know nothing, right? And then the more you know, right, the more you're educated, the, the more you slide that percentage in your favor. You know, if this guy knows nothing and this guy's pretty good. But uh, submission grappling is a different animal altogether because it, it, it has to go, come from the point of unlearning natural instincts, right? Where it's like if you're on the floor, if you see an infant on the floor, how they get up, they turn to their belly, they mm. get up on all fours and they stand up, right? That's usually how an infant does it. If you do that in submission grappling when somebody's trying to find your neck, you're in trouble or you're back, you know? So you have to relearn natural things to kind of unlearn and then relearn how to do them properly so you don't put yourself in bad situations. And we find out in our, our communities, the guys who come in that say that they're the best at something, like I'm nationally ranked in this, I'm doing this, that, and the other. I was like, well, that's great. But we teach it this way. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's hard to get them, yeah, gotta, and, exactly, to break, break those habits. The people that, like, some of them can't do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're, he, easy, yeah. they're even great at what they do. But then there's that, it'll, it'll stall them at, for whatever else we're trying to accomplish. Well, you know, I think that's a strange thing. I don't know if that's the egos involved, you know, where it's like a lot of times you'll see that with firearms guys. That's what I'm talking where about. if they're super well-skilled yeah. at a certain type of flat range firearm stuff and you talk about, oh man, you should come to jujitsu, you should come learn how to fight. Ah, no, 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 yeah. They don't want to come back to the beginner level. And I think for anybody that wants to be good at anything, you always want to maintain this kind of um, humble state of I'm a learner all the way and everything. Yeah. When you're learning you know? a new discipline, you definitely need that humility. Yeah, come well, the back. best gift you could ever hold on to is try to be a beginner every day. Amen. I Amen. mean, my one of my the guy who taught me, he was a master hunter, and that what he would always say that you want to be buried with that white belt. Oh yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, trying to yeah. trying to get back to that sucker. Yeah, and it is every time you go in anywhere and ages rank. I grew up with that. Right. So, so whoever walks in that freaking door, they got something. If they've lasted long enough, they're holding on to something that they give you to help you in anything. Especially if you have something that you're interested in, it takes time to train in. Yeah. And that's the wonderful yeah. thing about jujitsu is you could have a guy who's been doing it for 30 years and a guy who's been doing it for three. And that guy who's mm -hmm. been in three years can turn that other dude upside down and outward for whatever reason. You know, I, I, and I think it's, well, depending, right? So if the guy who's been doing it for 30 years isn't, or doesn't try to maintain the mindset of like, I'm here to learn, I'm to here to get to better. Um, you know, there's a lot of, um, and um, people that are in that world would know this, is there's a lot of guys that achieve the black belt and they're sitting against the wall. And they won't like spend the time rolling with all the white belts and rolling with everybody and t trying to continue. It's almost like they met the goal requirements and then they 
their their training stops. Kind of when I was coming up to, they would always say, "Hey, what your the difference between when you come in as a white belt, a primary one is your breath." Right. It's like how you can control it. Because whoever loses it first loses the fight. If you lose your argument, you lose your breath. That's the yeah. first one. The first oh, yeah. one to go down. Yeah. And when you watch the beautiful thing about when you watch somebody's really good at, it, they're just as smooth. It's like you can see the whole action when they're moving, as opposed to when they're fidgety and jerking it around and all and all that. And that's that's true, man. It's like you. It, it takes time to develop that that art and, you know, and there's and a rhythm and everyone's yeah. rhythm's kind of different. There's a mantra that I tell my guys that I uh, train with and teach, which is breathe, relax, you're okay. Yeah, right. Breathe, yeah. relax, you're okay. And then, you know, and that's, you know, and I know you hate when we go down a road, but I was uh, just going to say, yeah, so yeah, I want to get into yeah, yeah, Warhorse yeah, yeah. one so, here. Okay, I'm so, excited to talk so about Marshall, it. So anyways, my, my buddy, Chris, he choked me out like three times in my backyard. And that was it. That was like sent me on my journey of martial mm-hmm. arts. And what martial arts has done for me, um, regardless of my job mm-hmm. or occupation or what I do professionally, um, as a human being, it's changed me. Professionally, it's changed me in a way to um, be more relaxed. And also, there's something special that happens in a room where you are simulating a fight to the death. There's an honesty that can't be hidden. You know? Like, uh, you can go to the gym and pretend you're the strongest guy there, right? But you go into a room full of killers, Mm -hmm. you know, that know how to take a man's will to survive with their bare hands right there's no hiding right they're, they're gonna find you the truth will be found and for me that's at least for me that in my work you know as an actor storyteller um musician the goal is to find the truth the goal is to to try to remove all the affectation or the the barriers that we create you know to protect the self so let's get into that so you co-wrote yeah. War Horse One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Directorial debut. It yes, just ma'am. came out July 4th. Yes, no, ma'am. I've seen the movie eight to ten times. Yes. Love it. Mikey had a little part in there. Freaking awesome. He's amazing. So what is, for those who don't know, what is War Horse One about? Tell me the storyline here. Uh, it's about uh, the withdrawal from Afghanistan. Uh, that's sort of the backdrop. And the anniversary's coming up. Yes, sir. And um, when I wrote it, uh, this was two years prior to that happening. And if you were paying attention to anything going on, you were like, well, where's this going? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what is going to happen? I think it's interesting that the, that the night, the war horse, the only piece moved on the chess set. It just brought my attention to it. Huh? Uh, interesting. Write that down. How long yeah. 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 Did you do that, Marcus? Just keep going, man. I, I've been coming at you all. Conspiracy. You showed up yesterday, bro. You don't have any. See, they're laughing. Did he catch him? Did he no, catch he caught anything. Not one. I keep throwing him at oh, him. Oh, yeah. wait. Because I, I was just looking at him. I saw him. I pulled my attention. You can see just a little bit. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's all right. Easter eggs. Keep going. We got it. Yep. So, yeah, so before that, I started writing it because I was like, where's this going to go? And I thought that'd be an interesting backdrop to what was going to happen. And so uh, the story's about um, one of the last um, dev group teams that's there that's tasked on some, uh, they're on an uh, operation called uh, Robin Hood. And they get tasked to go uh, divert from that mission to go rescue a family of missionaries that was helping the Terps um, get out of a village. And uh, they stayed too long and uh, the team is tasked with going to help them um, evacuate from uh, Afghanistan 
And during the operation, um, they're attacked and their helicopters hit. And um, one of the uh, members of the team is thrown from the helicopter and the rest of the team is killed on that operation. And it's his mission uh, to find this uh, family and um, get them to safety. And when he finds them, the only survivor of the family from an ambush is a five-year-old little girl. Which I gotta make shout out to Athena Derner, this five-year-old girl, outstanding mm -hmm. actress, yeah. oh, unbelievable. She's, amazing. she's awesome, unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, for a five-year-old to have that kind of uh, disposition, you know, like a lot of times child actors, uh, you know, it's kind of a strange thing. Mm -hmm. But she was really natural, and part of that, part of the reason why that, you know, I kind of pushed the story in that direction was because of her. Right. And because, you know, you meet somebody that's special, you know, you almost go, oh, wow, we should make a movie about you. Marcus, holy smokes, you, you know, Lone Survivor is a good example, right? You, you meet Marcus, you know about his story and his background. You go, man, that, that would be a compelling mm -hmm. movie. This little girl is like magic, yeah. you know? And, and, and I thought, How? you know, that's perfect. Let's make a movie about it's that. It's pretty good that she's, she has that kind of emotion in her when you, when, I'm amazed by that too. Oh, because normally to see that kind of reaction, you have to actually put them in it, and she can pull yeah, that out. Man. And I thought that well, was what's incredible is that when I'm watching it, she's able to like make me cry in scenes yeah. to pull that out of me. And yeah. that's like this isn't just a, a military movie. You're sensitive. Oh, what did he just say? <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it touched on every emotion. Yes. I was laughing at certain parts, you mm. know, crying, anxious. Excited at the end, I'm screaming with. I don't want to give it away, but little Mikey's yeah. scene here. Yeah. But I do got to know. Well, not little Mikey. How, <laughs> big Mike. How? That's a big uh, scene for me. Well, Mike. how Mikey got involved too in the film, you know, because he helped do tactical advising on this, right, Mike? So. Yeah. 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 So go ahead, Mike. Tell tell us. Uh, I I had worked with Johnny on a film uh, several years ago, and uh, we became friends after that. And Johnny was a big supporter of the military. He was uh, participated in the Murph Challenge every year. And he just hit me up and said, hey, Mikey, I got a, a new movie coming out. I'd really like to bring you out. And uh, so I, I was originally, I, I thought he was just wanted to bring me out as an advisor. Mm -hmm. And um, he, he wanted, uh, he, he wrote me a, a part in a movie. And, you know, I, I mean, I've, I've been in a handful of movies and TV shows, but just going from Navy SEAL, playing a Navy SEAL, but then you know, once you're in front of the camera and you got to deliver the lines, you know, it's, it's, it's a different animal. Which is so, different for you because this was your first time having speaking lines, no? Yeah, that got kept in the movie. Talk about yeah, that. It got yeah. kept in the movie, yeah. yeah. Talk about that because you got the guys, our guys who are still in, you got our guys that get out and go in every different direction. And then before we showed up, the, the Hollywood business was kind of closed off, not just to us, but to everybody. Mm -hmm. There's like one dude in there who ran the show. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that, that's the way it worked. I mean, you think we have a tight-knit group, Hollywood. They got them oh, too, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. The fact that you and the others have cut in there the way you have, and it, it, this is how it starts. I mean, you just slowly but surely, work, you got to earn your respect. I don't care where you go and in what environment that you go into, you still have to, if there's, if there's more than one person in there and it's working, you got to earn your respect. And hiring military to play military yeah, yeah. roles rather than How actors beneficial playing. Is that I mean, to, to have for a movie as opposed to when, when you guys are just kind of looking it up and fetching it, trying to figure out how to do it. Well, you know what's interesting? For most um, actors, I think, I think the concept is they want to try to make it real. You know, right? Like I was saying before, it's the search for the truth. So I think most uh, people in Hollywood, especially now, it's like, 
in the 80s, I mean, we watch movies like Rambo and, and stuff like that. Which is all real. Everything happened yeah. in those movies. You can't, right. You can't and all the hit firing and <laughs> stuff like that. And it's changed. That? And I think the education of the audience right has there, changed. Right there, you just, like, tactics. So now watch, we look for that as service members. So now having these military members play you know actors, why the tactics are so much better. Exactly you what know? I said. It's because we actually tried to do that stuff that they Shoot showed them us. Shoot from the like, hip. Yeah, overseas. <laughs> and it didn't oh, work. God. You know, some of it didn't work for us. Guys would get busted up. Like, man, it worked on TV. <laughs> and then we, and, and lo and behold, it, it evolved. And now right. you got, yeah. And having Mikey on set was awesome because we had other dudes playing SEALs. And he was, you know, sort of tasked with being the guy to, to make everybody look legit, you know? And, and he killed it. And one of the things that, you know, for him and I working together was I have, um, faith in people that um can push through struggle mm. acting and getting in front of a camera is a difficult thing and we talked about this earlier or last night i forgot when we talked about it but you could take one of the hardest people in the world point a camera at their face and tell them to pretend they're what doing is something else what is that phenomenon called? I don't know what it is, man. We talked about it. Same thing happens on a Jumbotron at the games. As soon as they see their face up there, they don't, don't do it with their hands. It's a Ricky Bobby situation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Completely. You know, and, you know. We got the, a Ricky Bobby completely. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but one of the things that I think uh, transitioning for uh, Mike from being an operator to uh, being an actor is, and one advice that I give to people, uh, you know, that, that want to be actors is don't don't change any like you know make do your preparations and everything um prior know what you're supposed to say know what your character is doing all this kind of stuff but then don't change when the camera turns on like just do what you're doing oh practice like yeah i get yeah you, you, i understand completely do you understand yeah. yep absolutely. Uh, so because people can look at things and see things that are unnatural they'll they'll pick it up and go what the that's not natural and that's the goal is to try to make it seem natural like you can't believe little wing is now streaming on paramount plus i'm in a period of emotional people is that all the oh i don't care crap a little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Way, rated PG 13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Most of the time, humans won't say anything. Even in our, the best part about being in the crew and the way we win, we fight with each other, and I don't even say fight like we argue, is that's the stuff that we see. Yeah. Like you pick it up and guys will make fun of it. Yeah. That's actually a conversation. Yeah. But then most people, man, well, they'll let that slide. 
and it kind of it's just it's a well, but they Sam, do Sam made sure she didn't let me slide but She's they do notice it coach yeah they do notice <laughs> it for sure and and the thing is is you know Mike the the you know the easy button is he's playing a seal operator in a way you know what I mean like even though there's that weird thing the camera's pointed at you and maybe this isn't your you know your wheelhouse your expertise um just be an operator Right. You're you're going to go to you get an Academy Award for that because you did it flaw that's how you're supposed to do yeah. it. Yeah. But <laughs> Johnny Shirley did didn't make it easy on us. He, he let me know there's gonna be no green screens. We're gonna be doing this okay. at ten thousand feet elevation. Yeah, where'd y'all do that at? Talk Rocky, about it. Rocky Mountains. So when you know, how do you convince people to go do some gnarly shit? Like Good, great question. So as How a filmmaker, you? right? You make millions of <laughs> I mean, dollars, yeah, million like, dollars trying to figure that out. So, so the easy part, right, would be, okay, your trailer's over there. There's your chair with your name on it. Here's a lemonade, you know, PAs 10, feet, around. We're going to yeah, helo yeah, yeah. in, right? Yeah, right? You know, I was like, all right, Mike, here's the deal. You're playing a SEAL chief um, of a of a SEAL team that's coming. I don't want to, uh, no spoilers of the movie. And this is how you sold Mikey. Yeah, this is how I sold Mikey on the movie. The thing is, we're going to go up to about 10,000 feet, 11,000 feet to shoot this. Uh, there's no trailers. We got to walk up there mm. and carry all of our gear up there. And it's just going to be us and we're going to be living in some tents and um, it's three or four days, something like that. And uh, I remember he's like, are there going to be chairs there? <laughs> I think he texted me that or he said, oh, and I go, and I'm sitting there tr my, in my own house, right, thinking... God, how do I tell him there's not going to be chairs? <laughs> like, I don't, do I text him that? Like, what am I going to say? And I go, well, there's going to be rocks. So you can just sit on a Technically, rock. Technically, yes. Yeah. But yeah, right, today, yeah, yeah, yeah. with Mike being a Navy SEAL, I tell him, you're going to be a great mother someday because he is so prepared anytime we go anywhere mm. with his everything. backpack. We have he everything. has everything. everything. We have everything. Everything. So he has to go through my gear. He's pulling out my makeup, my hairspray. You know, seriously. He has it's in here. I know it. <laughs> We got a guy, yeah. We have those guys. But he had these chairs, these, you know, tell him what kind of chairs they were. Yeah, they were these pop up chairs. Pop up well, chairs. Well, well, even more, when, once Johnny relayed that to me, then, then I had to relay to Sam, hey, uh, pack up the truck. Uh, we're going to make a movie. <laughs> so I'm trying to relay everything to her. And so, I mean, uh, you know, we the, the truck's just packed in the back and we get to, because I, I wasn't sure how remote the location yeah. was or, you know, how easy it was going to be to get up there. But then we come and met up with everybody, and Johnny basically explains the route to get there and how the setup's going to be in the camp and everything. Yeah, I'm like, I come yeah, over see that up there? That's where we're going. It's so I come over to Sam, and I'm like, let me look at your backpacks. So I have like hairspray, makeup. So I have to take all the stuff out of there. I'm like, there, we right? got to go no down to the here. To be properly, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But it was, it, you know, um, they kicked ass. It was awesome. Um, so what was the hardest part filming about in that terrain at 10,000 feet? I mean, obviously getting the gear up. But. I, I mean, for, for me, a lot of the difficulty was because I was acting as an advisor, too. And, you know, it was my first big role as an yeah. actual actor, you know, with, with several lines. Um, well, several lines for me. <laughs> but, but basically leading the operation, you know, running through all the rehearsals, being at elevation... And then having to deliver those lines. Well, I was actually, you know, looking out of my peripheral online, shooting blanks, making sure everybody was in the right position, mm -hmm. you know, 
you know, being vulnerable, you know, showing emotion and, and making sure everything was going right. So it, it was just, it was like the teams, it, you know, it, it was a put out evolution. It was multitasking. Yeah. What do you think, Johnny? Hardest well, part about being in that elevation, doing this filming for you? Well, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm used to that stuff. Yeah. Uh, most Does it make for a better movie? So the hardest part was probably dealing with me up there then. Because <laughs> I was not no, used to not, it. I mean, <laughs> this like, was When you throw them into the environmentals, like when they're up there, and right. it, it, it pulls out a different kind of person. Like you can tell if somebody who's in that, behind the green screen, getting interrogated, as opposed mm-hmm. to somebody sitting 100%. on top of that mountain who's been out there for a few days. Right. And, and the yeah. questions hit a little different. Yeah, it, you, you got yeah. sorry, sorry. Is that, is that right? You, but, Does that sound right? But you got to remember too, it's not just the people you see on screen. Like everybody, everybody, it's everybody. You know, That's what I'm talking about. it's the people behind the camera. It's the people behind the mics. The it's lighting, yeah. first eighty. It's, it, 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 yeah. it's everybody. So, it, like, like Johnny would come to me and be like, "All right, Mikey, like this is the scene. He briefed the overview, and like we need to line the guys up. Just even doing rehearsals." at that elevation, in that harsh terrain. Just doing those rehearsals, you're getting wore out. I mean, you might spend half the day just rehearsing the scene, and then all the guys are tired, and it's, I mean, some of the guys have different skills. Some people, you know, may have, you know, skills from being in the military. Other people are actors, they don't have those skills. So you're you're training everybody kinda, you know, on the fly, and and then getting them all to come together, and then once you go live, you got to bring that same intensity. Mm-hmm. So guys are already wore out, but you bring the same intensity. But th- but that's what Johnny and, and me would work off each other because someone has to lead it. It's just like before you go on an operation, you know, like we always joke. It's like you know, it, it's it's really before you go on operation. It, it's when the mission gets canked for three you, days in a row, up as opposed to when you started. Uh, practicing and writing it out and i, I want to say late 2019 is when i uh started writing early 2020 and then uh mid late 2020 is when we started shooting it because where'd you come up with the idea that's good it's because it's i mean it's a little bit of uh so there's a lot a, of things this is there. a two-parter um number one we talked about this at 40, right? You, you almost begin a second life. And there's a- You there's, absolutely do. Okay, so there's a great saying that I love where, and I don't know where it comes from and I'm probably gonna butcher it, but it's uh, a man has two lives. The one he lives and then the one he lives when he realizes he only has one, mm. right? That's right. Mm. So um, around 40, I, looking back at my life, I thought, man, I've been, as an actor, and I'll give you a little something here. So actors, think about that life for a second where you are, for the most part, waiting for other people to give you an opportunity to do what you want to do. So Talk about that. How, how, what is that like? You're waiting for a writer to write a script that's a so great do you go looking script. for them or is it just kind of... Well, I mean, yeah, how does of that course. Even work? You, you have, you know, in Hollywood, you have agents and managers that are like... So you have this core group of people, right? And most of the time it's studios, right? Sometimes it's independent. Um, But they're making a movie. So it's comprised of writers, directors, producers, executives, all this kind of stuff. So there's a stable full of everything you need. They're putting that together. And actors are like sort of on the periphery. And and the majority of those actors aren't like the top actors. Explain that. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So when you're first starting, I mean, there are people right now... um, 
that are like just praying to get a SAG card. There are people that are praying to get... Which is y'all's membership club. Yeah, yeah. So like they're praying for an... Uh, like there's extras that show up. Like we were talking It's like about having that. a badge in the military. Your military ID. It's like that Man, SAG there's card. A, there's a whole thing, right? right? So and close then enough? Is that close enough? Is yeah, that logical then, to say you, you have You have this... It's a strange like um, tier system, you know? Um, most of the time even after you're in the club and you're going on audition and people know your name and all this kind of stuff, you don't, a lot of these actors don't realize it. Right. But let's say Mikey, um, gets a call to be, uh, to play Marcus Luttrell in a movie. And Mike's like, yeah, I can't wait. I'm, I got this audition. It's for Marcus Luttrell starring role. He reads the lines. He memorizes everything, gets it all prepared. He's like emotionally invested. He trims his beard perfectly, all this kind of stuff. Right. He drives through two hours of traffic to go sit in a room and wait for his opportunity to go read for a part. And Mikey doesn't even know, right? He reads the part. He does a great job. They put it on camera. They're like, man, great job. Thanks for coming in, Mike. He doesn't even know that five other actors have been offered the part. Mm -hmm. all, they already have offers out to actors out there who have bigger names than Mikey. So you go through this crazy emotional roller coaster of like, caring about wanting to do these things when really this entire industry is like yeah yeah, yeah. if that person doesn't accept it we're going to offer it to this person if they don't accept it we'll offer it and to this some person. of some of the roles are written specifically for certain people certain actors yeah so like i don't know if um ls was um if um mark was attached to that prior you know, like when they were putting that together, if it was like, yeah, he's the guy we're going to use, or if it was a different guy and oh, yeah, then Mark got the role or whatever. There several people that auditioned for, for you. Yeah, I'm not sure you know? what that was. So you know? when it came time to pick me, I was, that's the only say I didn't have. Well, there you go. That's Hollywood. Well. The guy about that. They when they came well. in, it's like dude, it was like an arranged marriage. I love Marky Mark. You know, you're just kind of sitting Mark. there waiting to see what, who they bring <laughs> in the room for you. I love Marky Mark. <laughs> who doesn't, right? I mean, I got so blessed with that. Well, you know, the thing that... and and. You know, and there's a competitive thing, kind of like the teams, you know, where it's like everyone's kind of competitive, you know, actors are mm, the same mm, way, you know, yeah. the thing that as for me as like being somebody in the movie business is the thing that I think Mark does well. And the first time I ever saw it, and I think probably the audience, the world ever saw it was in Boogie Nights. Yeah. Was honesty. Like he was able to have that like. To, to show like a sincerity hey, those, those and honesty like, who you know? can double up and go comedy or serious. Yeah. I like the, Mark's comedy. Stuff. Yeah. So good. When just, he's playing natural comedy, I'll buy that ticket. I'll buy that ticket. John C. Riley's in boogie nights. We just oh, watched shit, it. He sure I did not is. know oh, yeah. that. When we watched it, go back to talking about Chester Rockwell. Dude. He's his partner. That was just a side note. Yeah. But, um, but so, yeah, so actors. So anyways, you, you get this. There's a strange like progression in acting. Anyway, so for most of that is like you're so praying to, for so, something so good. There's some actors who roll in and, and they'll get a get a part and it'll catapult them. And, and then there's some guys who they've done 50 movies. And they're great actors. Everyone has seen them in a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone knows their yeah, parts. Yeah, so people call no them one knows character their name. actors. Character, yeah, character actors. actors. That guy from that thing. Yeah. We got yeah. guys in the teams that we've known for almost 20 plus years didn't even know their name. Just that their guy nicknames. from that thing. That's yeah. perfect. Yeah. How about that? Interesting. Yeah. And I'm talking about a relationship of love. 
But that, and that's the same way when it comes to the actors. Y'all play so many different characters that we fall in, in love with. Yeah. And that we model ourselves after that when they run into y'all, and I've heard this happens to Sly. Okay. That people will call him by the actor, the character name. Oh, dude. And, and, and those, those good, the, the actors that have done a lot, they'll roll over and be like, hey, you know, right. they'll hit them with it. Right. Hit them with the juice. Well, man. yeah, you know, and it's a strange thing. Like, there's, there's, Roles like that, so like Harrison Ford for years, right? I, I loved he, he wore a T-shirt one time that said, like, I am not Han Solo or something like that. No, he's Indiana Jones. Exactly, right? Man, that, <laughs> that was where I knew him from. Uh, so, but yeah, so it's an interesting thing. So around 40, around that period, right, my second life, I was like, I'm tired of waiting around for other people to do this. And I always wanted to be a filmmaker. So... I made that decision. I woke mm-hmm. up and I was like, I'm doing my own thing. I want to, from the ground Is that what it's up. like? Was it an overnight? Like, hey, I'm, oh, yeah, you just man. had enough. We're just tired it, of waiting around waiting like you said, You know, right? the thing is, is be a moment, yeah. you just, you have those moments in life where you like this, I'm going to make this decision and you c- commit to it. I love, you know, the Japanese um, calligraphy, you know. I know it. One of the aspects of Japanese calligraphy is the finality of the decision. When they make that stroke, that's the stroke, you know, and they commit to it and that's it. They, you know, oftentimes, you know, uh, you, Western civilization, you erase it, you redo it. That's it, man. That's the you calligraphy. They the make those strokes and that's it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So um, that was that decision for me. I was like, I'm going to make my own movie. And then it was part of that decision of like, all right, well, what am I going to do? What's the story going to be about? And then eventually... Um, I had a profound moment in my life with my daughter. Uh, when your child is born, they're this little potato. And you, instinctually, you're like, I love this thing. It, it's a baby, and it's shaped and molded in a way that makes it appealing to us that we care about. Like all, like you look at a baby deer, and it's super cute and shit, and so you don't destroy it. <laughs> so you want to nurture it. You know, there's a thing. Is it, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. So, but around... Uh, two and a half, two two years old, two and a half years old, I had this moment, dude, where we were sitting in the kitchen and we made a conscious connection. Like it was like, and you just can't explain that to somebody. It It's, it's eternal. Oh man, I get emotional. So she influenced that. the movie or something. Oh yeah. So, War Horse I, and I, you know, you know, my, my, my thought was, how do I share that with the world? That story right there is, is perfect. Is we you said about that you said that earlier. Father's a qual. You said yeah. you said something about perfect. Yeah, it right? means complete. Means complete. And the, the words uh, changed the where it started from from Latin to Hebrew, and the, what the, right. the true meaning behind it is completion. And this to me was the um, a moment of perfection. And I was like, how do I make a movie about that? And so, That's so those you can tell two you moments, those, right you can tell a guy who's trying to be a dad. Yeah. Trying to be a father and act it out and how they would do it, as opposed to one who's had to do it. It's a strange it's, thing. There, there are phenomenon that happen to somebody that will trigger something in you. Yeah, and that you know the story of Warhorse War One is kind of a metaphor for becoming a father, where the man you are before that, and the life you live, and the things that are important to you, and then after that moment where you have that profound like connection where uh, your child is all that matters yeah. and everything you do is to support that yeah purpose falls in there 
There you go. That, that's a transition. As soon as that sets and you can't, we well, can't pull them out of it. That's all that matters. And, and if you watch the film, that's sort of the progression of the uh, miracle character, you know, is, is his mission, you know, and, and who he is and, and, uh, and what happens after that connection. So there's so many things, there are the little things that we, we talked about there that got to me. I saw you doing like the one with the water canteen and she, you try to offer water. And she's like, nah, yeah. I, don't, I, was, I was giggling about that. But when I, it's changed for me over the years. So when I watch a movie, there's three characters. There's the character, there's the scenery, and there's the score. I mean, you can have characters not even saying anything. The background and what's yeah. playing, it's, it'll catch you. You do a great job yeah. with this movie in that. I'm serious. Uh, with all three of That's one thing that I, I, I kept picking up on, and I guess it was where I was watching it, too. The missus hates me watching war movies before we go to bed because then all nights are, are, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Drago. You know Drago? Yeah. Do you know Drago? Everyone knows. Okay, <laughs> so Drago. Um, kind of like we, we had everyone a, knows who yeah, that everyone is. knows Primo. Tonto. Everyone knows who that yeah. is. Oh, we got to talk about Johnny too. I love my boy. He's my little brother. So, but uh, Drago, one of the things we had a, a, a screening in Austin, and afterwards, man, Drago's sitting there. He's like, man, that's what it feels like. Yeah, he just he was so pumped by by the movie and what it felt like. He was like, that's exactly what it felt and he's like. There were a lot of guys like Drago's that Drago's in that, a Jedi face, screen. right? Yeah, so for you to right. pull him back into that, oh, man. That, that, that's what I'm talking about. It there was, was a... awesome to feel that from him. Yeah, you know? yeah. well, he's pretty intense. That guy and, well, you know, the thing is, is you, you make a, a film um, that has former SEALs, right? That, that, that's about um, uh, the character, main character, a SEAL, and about, um, you know, operation in Afghanistan. Man, when you share that with those people, you're like, man, well, if cool it doesn't pass that test, it's a when tough you, thing. When you put his face on TV and like we're watching that, that guy standing next to him that y'all didn't show his picture, that was me. Yeah. And then Drago would have been the other dude. And then, right. you know, the rest of us, we're all out. We've been online with him before. Right. Going through that same evolution. Was, so talking about cool actors and character actors, because you obviously played a Navy SEAL, and you're going to get into acting more now. No? After War Horse 1. Right? You did Terminal List. Is that what you want to do? A couple of things. Yeah, I, I, I think I think it's funny that some people don't realize. I mean, everybody knows it's a tough industry to get into, but just how tough of an industry it is to get into, because it, it's like people will watch a movie and you might only be in the movie for thirty seconds, but they don't realize you might have worked you know months just to get that thirty seconds. And I mean, until you actually do work on a set, you know. I mean, if they showed. You know, a movie, everything they filmed, they'd be 12 hours long. So right. you don't know until that final cut comes out. You don't even know if I your just part know when made he was it. working on Terminal List, he was there for like 17, 18 hours a day. Then mm. it comes out, and I'm like, where are all your scenes? What were you doing out yeah, there? Yeah, so it was like hurry up and wait kind of deal. <laughs> oh, oh, it's totally hurry up and wait. And I, I, I mean, like... Even on Terminalist, I remember once saying, like, the camera's right in front of my face, and, and I'm leading all the guys out, and it's like, okay, this is great. You know, we film it over. And, and that's another thing. You don't realize how many times they film a scene because they'll film it from every angle. And Okay, and, so... And, 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 oh, so... So then when it comes out, they use the drone footage that's overhead for the actual even, scene. So you're three feet in front of the camera, but when it comes out, they change the angle up. So until you see that final cut, you don't even know how your scene's going to be portrayed or if they cut your scene. Um, so, I mean, you, you definitely have to have some humility and definitely don't tell anyone about your parts until you see the final cut so you know if everything... So, but back to my question. So are you going to keep... Um, 
what is it, auditioning for Navy SEAL roles? Or are you going to go after roles that aren't in that arena, military roles? And can you do that? Is there a rule saying you can't do it? Like well, I can do that. I just have to convince the casting director and the director that I can do that. But yeah, that's are you my interested goal. So that's how that? actors get yes. stuck in positions is the, 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 the casting director's like, hey, I, w- I know you want to do this, but this is your job. This is what people know well, you for. Well, I think it's so... I can tell you from experience. You know know what I'm talking about? Is Danny DeVito. People weren't like, we want you to play Indiana Jones. That's what I'm talking about. Do you know what I mean? So so I think there's there's a element of like what you look like, your personality, and the kind of character that you have in general. It's got to be believable, right? Yeah, I mean... I've met some people that play good people that are actually shitbags and they're just good at playing good people, mm-hmm. you know? So, but, and the opposite way around some of the nicest people I've ever met play the biggest scumbags in the world. Like Joe Pesci can play the gnarliest freaking bad guy. Yeah. Michael Keaton can play the gnarliest freaking bad guy, but they can also play funny. Like they, they, they can pick you apart. Yeah. You it's interesting. I mean? And, and I think you, you see some of this comedians like Jim Carrey. If he was to play some, would you put him in Hannibal's role? Or Jason Bourne. Or, he ain't doing that. Yeah, thank you. No. Thank yeah, you. You, yeah, I think that, so I think, I think it's a little specific. I mean, uh, in my opinion, right, as a filmmaker and, and actor, I guess you could say. Um, Who does that well? I don't know. What, the versatility of yeah. that? In your okay. opinion. Who do you, oh, like, coming up. Oh. For me? Yeah, for you, coming up. What I do? Who the, who are your guiding like like who did you look? I for don't to... know. Well, I'll tell you what. When I was a kid, I, and I told you this earlier, uh, Chaplin was the only guy that I knew that was starring in a movie, writing a movie, directing a movie, scoring a movie, like doing all of it. You know, and um, there weren't a lot of people to to have that as your uh, guiding light. You know, you, it, so for me, he was the only one, and the only guy that kind of did it. Um, sort of more in the modern era was Prince in Purple Rain, but he was like, did the music and then acted in it. That's right, yeah. Um, but for me, to me, it's all, like kind of all the same source, like writing, directing, acting, music, doing all the special effects, doing all the editing, coloring the movie, all that kind of, like, if you look, my name's, I tried to spread it out. <laughs> Because otherwise there'd be like a laundry list of things and then my name would show up, you know? Um, So for me, it's all the same thing. It's all just a form of expression, you know? And I think for a guy like Mike, he could play anything. I have like firm belief in this dude to have the second part of his life. Your first role that's outside of a military role. So you know when we come in the teams, man, you're like, I'm going to go in there on some channel, do all this, that, and the other. Be like, hey, you're a new guy. You start right here. Yeah. And it's the same way. And and you got to be willing to put into work Yeah, so the studios are set up like the teams kind of deal. And inside the team, inside the studios, you have your operators, your actors. And then there's the the people who help, right? It's Mm -hmm. set up kind of similar with that. Support. Support, thank you. And then the script is the mission. Mm. Right? Mm. Is that, that, you there. Can you say it like right. that? Is that yeah. fair? Yeah. Say it yeah. like that. Get the right people in the right like people. We you got to stack men. We have breachers. We have snipers. You got to write up the yeah. op, or the, somebody. The, the writers have to write up the op, and then you got your operators, you your, your actors, right? Trying. They got to uh, initiate it. Mm-hmm. Yep. You got to put the right people in the right position to facilitate that script. Yeah. If you 
you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. And in our situation, it was very much like uh, everything was very difficult at 10,500 feet. You know what I mean? Like that. And sometimes Mikey was the guy really that I leaned on when you see people suffering, like Mike, motivate these people, Mm. like get them, like get them back up. Let's go. And I'd be like, Hey guys, what's up? We're doing this, you know, try to elevate the energy and that positivity, you know? Oh Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it does. And I mean, you got to deal with all the different personalities as well. Just like I said, expectations, Um, you know, everybody kind of wants to be on the screen. So sometimes if your back is turned or, you know, you're on a security element and and you know that you might not be in the frame or in the focus, you still have to keep those people motivated. And and everyone's always looking to you. If you're the leader here, you can't show that you're miserable if you're trying to motivate others. We're all all looking to you. You're cold too, too, but you can't show it, you know? And that's worse when that leader breaks down. You right. start seeing that sucker. You, the second he breaks down, I'm breaking start, down. That's right. Yeah. So. And, and, and for whatever have, reason, it makes it okay. I don't know why that's mm-hmm. a thing, man, right. but it oh, sure yeah. does. Yeah. But you have to be flexible as well, just like in the teams. Uh, just like you know, Mike Tyson said, you know, everybody has a plan until yeah, they get punched in the, the face, face, man. And I, I mean, you'll be filming a scene. You, you might even, uh, you know, run through the scene a few times. Uh, then the director decides to change up. You know, like, hey, I'm going to change your lines up a little bit. So. All of a sudden, you know, you've got 30 seconds to remember how to change your lines up and you have to perform your mission that you're doing. And Now, with respect to War Horse 1, though, was there anything like unexpected, any delays, anything that, you know, that really got in the way? Obviously, it wasn't changing lines, right? Like, so uh, what would you say? Well, it, it, we did get a little snow on set one day, um, which obviously for continuity of a movie, if you've already filmed half a scene and you come out the next day to film and then there's some snow on the mountain, it, it things you have to deal with. I mean, that's not really, so I'll tell you that story. So we're at about 10,000 feet and tents, you know, seven tents set up and Sammy and Mike are in one tent and I'm in one tent and some other actors in their tents, you know. We wake up that morning to go shoot one of the sequences and we climb up another 500 feet about so we're 10,500 feet something like that and we're shooting this sequence and midway through the day a storm rolls in that year that was the biggest storm that hit that area and I could see it coming in and we were actually filming one of the um, sequences with um, 
the guy who, uh, James, who was playing the sniper. And I looked out over the, the valley and I saw this storm coming in and I was like, stop doing that. Don't worry, we'll get that later. Turn those cameras around, get everybody up here right now, line everybody up, we're shooting the end of the movie. And they're like, well, we're, that, we're doing that tomorrow. And I was like, we're doing it right now. Cause I turned around and I saw it, it just looked like biblical, Yeah, you know? God just hooked you up with a set. Man. And you know, I'll tell you what, gnarly. I'll tell you what, you just said something. I, I don't know if it's fate, destiny or the hand of God, but it, it was given. So I'm like, I'm taking it. Turn the cameras around, film them. You ready, Mike? We're leading everybody out. And we turned it around, shot this sequence, bro. And it was, it was magic. It was magic. And then at the last shot, we got the coverage of, of this sequence. One drop of rain, two drops of rain, and this storm started to hit. We're all running down the mountain back to our tents with all the gear, guns, and all this shit. At this point, I'm looking at Mike like, what shit did you get me into? <laughs> yeah. What the hell? And, and I'm this sitting there. She's like, this better be this a better goddamn good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Shut me up. Yeah, and you know the funny <laughs> thing is, is, as a filmmaker, you know that people are like, that they don't, they may not understand your vision. They might not even be able to see it. Like I knew some, I can't tell you how many times people came up to me after the movie were like, man, this was so good. Did you know? And I'm like, I know. I knew <laughs> I know. the whole time it was going to be good. <laughs> you know, from day one, like I'm not going to go, like, would you ever go into a, like, you know, some people, they, they have a mentality like, uh, oh, we're just making movies, whatever, man, this is what I spend my life doing. Why would I not take that serious? Would you go on a mission that your life was at risk and go, no, nah, whatever. Fuck no. No, you wouldn't. So I'm the same way with the movies. It's like all or nothing. Like, let's go. Yeah. So we're running down the mountain and the storm is just smashing the mountain. We all get zipped up in our tents and then it just hits. And it hits all night. Thunder, lightning, everything. And, and you know how we said we were yeah, looking to our leader, right? Yeah. He started panicking, so now I I'm, now I'm I didn't yeah. know. No, no, did. She's lying. I'm in the tent. He never panicked. He never panicked. She's like, "How are we gonna get off here?" I said, "I said we will die before we call for help." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be honest, when that storm was hitting the tent, and I looked over at you, but I will say. I see. I don't know this story. The, Tell me the story. We're laying in Tell a tent. The, story. the top of the tent, like pulls it off. Everything is smashing us in the bottom of the tent. I the wind was so. So I'm looking over so at him, and now his face is kind of like this. And I, now I'm like, oh shit! It's like when you're on a plane and there's turbulence. You always look at the flight attendant, right? Uh, right. I didn't know about this story. Tell oh, me about yeah. it. Well, I'll tell my story in my tent. <laughs> so I'll t I'll give you my story. So my story in my tent. This motherfucking storm is hitting. Oh, sorry again. Uh, the storm is just smashing the mountain, and it's like record storm for that part of the year. It snowed. I mean, the mountains were covered. Uh, I'm asleep, and my girl is shaking me. She's like, "Babe, babe, wake up!" And I'm like, "What?" She's like, "Are we gonna be okay?" I'm like, "Yeah, we're gonna be okay." She's like, "Well." This storm is really bad. What if a tree falls on us? I go, then a tree falls on us. I thought you were worried about the storm. Yeah, no, but the storm was like, ripping. No, I get it, yeah. but I'm like, are you worried about the tree or are you <laughs> yeah, worried about no, the storm right. now? And, I, and, and she's like, yeah, but if, what if a tree? And I was like, that's not our destiny. And she's like, yeah, but what if a tree falls on us? Like, Nothing we can do about it. That's, yeah. that's what it's going to be, you know? And we hear in the middle of the night, like a car crash, like... <laughs> And guaranteed, it's a tree that just got ripped off and smashed on the ground. And I'm like, 
hope that's nobody I care about. You know? <laughs> Told you it wasn't us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? What I that's say. not our destiny. And in the morning, I remember coming out of the tent, and it was like a war, bro. It was just destroyed. And that tree, probably from here to the mirror from somebody's tent. Yeah. Over someone's tent. Yeah. Chris and Ben, if you hear this, you watch this. Uh, ben, I think that was your tent. And you survived it, you lucky. See, I didn't SOB. even know because I didn't leave it. I didn't even know that happened. My train of so thought. So, what was, was your in your tent? My what train of thought tent? was these guys are all putting their tents up in the tree line. So, as a team guy, I'm thinking the wind's going to come in. You know, the tree, you know, tree branches, trees might fall over, hit your tent. So, we're going to go out in the field. You did say that. So, we were I going said, up there. I said, we're going to be smarter than everybody else. <laughs> we're going to go out into the field where there's not going to be as many obstacles to fall on us. But then at the point where the staked in the ground tent started to lift off lift the up. ground, yeah. I mean, I was, you know, you start just running through your mind like, did tornadoes come up to 10,000 feet? <laughs> so then I start thinking in my mind, second guessing, like, Maybe we're in the alley now for the wind, so yeah. this isn't as good. Yeah, you were right on a ridge line right there. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it was north. Where were we all so. at? Rocky Mountains. Yeah. Check. Where? Yeah, up there, up north. In the OPSEC. What month was that? This was September. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's just about to start turning there. So, yeah, beautiful. this was the first storm of that year, too. And okay. it, Well, here's the thing. You just said something. Right? It was beautiful, beautiful yeah. when we were hiking up. It was gorgeous. T-shirt. Oh, it was like, perfect. Oh. Yeah, it was perfect. And we got hit with this. But I'll tell you what, this was a gift because the end of that movie is just looks incredible. Yeah. Incredible. I was going to say, when you're walking through there, I remember that happened to me walking through the mountains. There were times where I remember how beautiful it was. Yeah. Because when the seasons are changing, you can feel it. Yeah. I always say you can feel the air, that crisp yeah. kind of in the mountains. Wh here's a question for you. So... I like to play at 10,000, 11,000 feet hunting and climbing and hiking and camping and stuff. That's kind of like what I like to do. Go shoot and do cool stuff, high elevation, high elevation stuff. Me and my buddy that do most of that together, um, we always say, man, this, I mean, it's the most beautiful place on earth, but it'd be a, a nightmare to fight in it. So where you were at, if you weren't fighting, would it be a beautiful place? It was. Because that's why I would notice that when I, we weren't fighting. But then imagine playing your favorite sport on the side of a mountain. Trying, yeah. It's just a pain in that. It's just hard. Oh, yeah. You can't breathe. There's a breathing pattern. They can. They can some, them suckers can move. Yeah. I'll always give them credit. Anybody I fight throws me a whipping man. I'm like, hey, you know. Sure. And uh, It was always crazy when you would be up in just the, the most remote, yeah. like, dangerous terrain and you'd see it, the old remnants of a fire in a cave or yeah, something you're like yeah, yeah. you know like we're on ropes climbing up there with harnesses being her dead wow and you're really, like huh? someone just yeah. came up here with a pair of uh, flip-flops on oh, and wow. actually made it to this position crazy you know? it's the calmness in your environment like fighting in your own home you wouldn't run you'd walk yeah you know it's just like because you know mm -hmm. you know the angles yeah they understand the angles right yeah. you go this fast to get around this with with us though we're we're power in yeah, it's kind different. Of deal. It's yeah different. it's different well and you know i kind of felt that a little bit bringing people that weren't used to that like there were two guys plus me so there's three of us that that's a mm -hmm. normal weekday for us you know and as a leader you're like oh man i hope i don't lose anybody up here i hope nobody 
shits the bed and just says fuck so you it. Keep the same you team know? movie to movie or depend is that No, I this was, I mean it's considering this being my first real movie, you know, like um from the ground up. Uh no. This I I used a couple people in in this process and um I'm going to change that up uh for the next one. And you know really what that is I think for filmmakers is you'll find a lot of great directors. They have the same ADs. They have the same people involved, you know, and the old ones too, right? And you don't start with that. Sometimes it's this job, that job, this movie, and then you build a team. So I'm in the process of building a team, you know, it's kind of like I said, you know, it's like your, your seal platoon, your troop. But you know, when, when you're just a shooter, like you're just worried about being a shooter. You don't even know what you don't know. You don't yeah. know, man. But, it's bliss. Right? And, and, but it's like every time, you know, every you're time. in another position. Another, but, but then when you're the OIC running it, it it's, it's a whole different animal. <laughs> and I think that's, you know, or, or yeah. Johnny is that, just like you said, starting it from the ground up when you're writing, directing, scoring. I mean, basically helping with production, stu- like everything. Is, yeah, it's different it's a when whole someone different else animal. wrote when you're doing some like something personal as if they lived it as opposed to something you got to write up and like, hey, I know. Oh, man, it's well, it's I've always called it my baby. You know, like the movie's always been my baby. And and the metaphor of Mirko bringing that child up the mountain safely that's this movie. That's the metaphor. So that was one of the thing. things that, I, that that got got my attention right. is like if, when you you the when we fall down the mountain that catches people's attention. People will mm. stop and watch somebody fall. Oh yeah, that happened to us. Watching somebody haul ass up a mountain is impressive because you had that it scored just the the music caught my attention and then I was like because I I don't like to run at all. <laughs> so when I see somebody doing it, it's kind of like. Uh, you know, okay, dude's getting after it, and then you just carrying carrying her, and then falling back down and getting back up. I know how hard that is. Mm-hmm. How hard it is to run like that? And when you see somebody, that that in itself is an intensity that captures people. Like there were moments, kept there were periodic moments in the movie that, like, if I saw that anywhere else, it would capture me. Like you, you have an eye to to, to do that. And I, oh, I, definitely. I think Great. there's a you know everybody can be good at something. Um, and I don't take any credit for the stuff that I'm, that I, I feel that I'm good at. You know, like where you know sometimes you could do something, and it's uh, we've all worked with firearms, right? So um, when you and I, I wouldn't say mastery, right? But when you're pretty comfortable with the manual of arms of a certain firearm, like an M4 or something like that, and you know how to run that thing, right? Um, it's through practice and and. You know, some people are just better at it than others. Um, making movies or telling stories or doing that creative stuff, I don't take credit for that. That's out there, and it's just I'm filtering that through me. You know what I'm? Does you. that make sense? Yeah, I got you. But I gotta say, your uh, tactics were incredible. So, how? Do, what was your training like for that? You know, your tactics in I've this been, movie uh, were. I mean, you guys just... know. Uh, I mean, but for the podcast, I mean, um, dude, I've been shooting since I was a kid. Uh, my father was a really big influence. I was telling Marcus, is, uh, he used to do um, something called the Steel Challenge uh, out in Lake Piru, uh, which is competition 1911 shooting. And so th- that was one of my influences growing up, uh, learning how to shoot a 1911. And uh, I just continued that throughout my childhood, growing, going to the shooting range and, mm-hmm. and, and shooting rifles and pistols. And then as I... Um, 
I mean, even before, right before um, Blackhawk, I was at the range doing sniper rifle training just because that's what I do. Now, for our audience, too, who'd you play in, in Blackhawk Down? Uh, Randall Shilgar. That's right. Yeah. Um, so it's, that's, some actors train for a couple weeks mm -hmm. with guns to go play something, play a person that does stuff with guns in a movie. We can tell who they are. Mm -hmm. I go for a couple weeks to work on a movie and then go back to my regular life mm. training with firearms and martial arts and stuff like that. That's my everyday thing. Um, so you it's know. not just preparing for one role. This is every day no, for you. You're training, I, I, you know, diet, the, the stuff your... for the seat. Oh, that's kind of going away, man. Most of these actors coming up, it's a full, it's kind of like with the MMA game, man. They're well-rounded. The it's immersion. Like fight, I think it's an it, immersion yeah. thing now where more people have seen, um, people take it serious yeah. and want to do it. And more even people like Taron Butler is a, a gun guy, you mm -hmm. know, that uh, trains Taren's people. Um, more guys like that are involved because the education of the audience, they're getting smarter. So if they see a dude who's just hip firing with a magazine that never runs out of bullets, mm -hmm. yep. they start to go, wait a minute. You know, they start to smell bullshit. And so one of the things in Warhorse that um, that I take you know, personal pride in was that when I was editing the film, there were many moments when the gun would, uh, you know, the primary firearm would go down while we were filming and I would work through a malfunction just like I usually do when I'm on the range training. Mm. Uh, and it actually, one of the first ones was, um, I'm coming down the mountain and I, I'm doing the peel right, uh, throughout the opening of the film. Right. So I'm, doing sort of a solo peel, right? Shoot, move and shoot, move and shoot. And I get to this one uh, spot behind these rocks where I'm waiting for somebody and I'm like, come on, fucker, come on, fucker. And this dude pops out and I'm, I smack him and the gun goes down and I actually had a malfunction and I ran right through it and got it back up and double tapped him, you know, dead checked him and then moved on so in, the, in the shot. Mm -hmm. It's one shot. And to me, it's like, that is normal. That's what you do, you know? It, it wasn't a thing like I was, like most actors are like, mm, my gun doesn't work, right. somebody figure this out, you know? That's how you can tell you love what you do. You love this, you know, that you did. I would, you do, you know man, I mean? I'll tell Rather you what, I, like, it's eh, a strange thing. Work. We all have a calling uh, mm -hmm. in life, you know, where, where our paths sometimes form themselves while you're in the process of forming it, you know? Or like, you know, how our lives unfold mm -hmm. you know right. like what we're doing right now a year from now what happens to your life that you know you yeah, don't know you, question, what you who's in control what are, you, what are we doing who's now? in who's in control you know that's a really interesting thing is is as much as we think we're in control there's only a small amount that we can actually control you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.
That's why I think a lot of the, the scenes came out as real and as authentic as they could be. Um, it was cool because, like, Johnny would bounce something off me. And, and Johnny's, you know, he, he's done a lot of training, and he's very proficient with weapons. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like we were starting from here to go to here. It's like we were already at a certain level, and then Johnny would bounce something off me. You know, say like, okay, you know, Mikey, what would really I say? Gunfight, yeah, what, what would yeah, I really do yeah, right here? Yeah, Does yeah. is my movement correct here? Would this be how it is? And just like you know, Johnny said, which is cool, is like just go through it, just keep going. So you know, if you do get a malfunction, you know, if you do run out of ammo, you do a reload, but run through everything. But just being open to that dialogue and communication to work back and forth, which I think on a, on a lot of movies that doesn't happen. It's either the director or the actor or the, the advisor. People have a, you know a, a different vision for it, and they don't care what the advisor says. Like that's not really how it would happen. And some directors are like, ah, I, I don't care. Like, this is how I want it to happen. But the guys who really have those skills, you know, the real operators or even military people in general can look at that and be like, you know, that's garbage. That doesn't work. Yeah. So I think that was a real cool thing, uh, being able to work back and forth like that and everybody being, you know, open to each other's, um, you know, concerns and considerations. Yeah, yeah. And I, I want, like, so in certain situations, I'd say, Mikey, I'd call him up if I was doing something. So they were there for a, a portion of maybe like a week up there on the mountain. And then I was filming other stuff when they went home and I'd call them up and I'd be like, Mikey, I, I'm doing this thing. What would I say in this situation? I'm, I'm calling into my radio. Or, you know, would I sound like an idiot if I said this, you know, or what would a team guy think if I, if this was the dialogue I use and he would, he consult, he go, oh, you know, let me think about it. And then he like, maybe say something like this, or this mm -hmm. is the term I would use or whatever. Um, but there's a one cool thing I'll, I'll mention in, in, uh, there's a sequence where I get a double feed and I mortar the rifle to get that cleared. And while I'm shooting that, I remember I'm mortaring the rifle and the cameraman was about to cut. And I literally, uh, you won't see it in the movie. I go, no, don't you stop rolling. And I finish this mortar and I clear this malfunction and I get the gun back online and I do it. And uh, it's one of those things, if you've ever had that problem, like real firearms guys would know that kind of stuff. So in that search for the truth, I try to find the truth in everything, whether it be the music or whether it be the firearms manipulation or whether it be the dialogue or mm. whether it be the delivery of dialogue, you know, or the message or the tone, you know. I think I, I try to do that with everything in life, you know. Like even, uh, and, and they did a real good job on, on Lone Survivor of this too, is, is catching, you know, the hissing and the whizzing of the bullets just going by, a, you know, guys like us. Like, it's the movie like That's the, the movie. first thing you think of when you think of, you know, all the contacts and gunfights you've been in. It's like all of those little sounds and, and just the tone of the voice and the projection and if how you're you, making when calls. When you pan past, there's one guy in a gunfight and it's going real, and then in the background you see the dude just banging that. That's yeah. funny. You hear that bolt just crashing yeah. back, and you know, when you're smashing the butt stock down. Yeah. Yeah. You, you would, you'd be surprised. Like, there's a lot of stuff they don't put in there. It's like, ah, oh, you know, that's kind of the gnarly, nagging. And like, no, that's the good stuff, mm -hmm. man. That's what... Yeah. That's how you know they were actually in it. Do you know I put something in there for you? You put that for me, right? I that's put, the only thing so, you So, so, yeah. <laughs> so, listen. Your gun kept on coming back to you. Like it was a miracle or something. 
So when Mirko finds himself, you know, uh, surviving the river and he looks up and his bag is sitting there floating right there in a tidal pool, you know, that thing that like, almost like, is that a mm. miracle? Like, is like what? Like Dude, what? Are the, I, I, what are the fucking chances? Yeah, I caught all that. That first, the Dodge truck at the end of it. That was our first truck. My brother and I's first truck. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, oh, I can go all day. Oh, really? Man. Yeah, there's, oh. a good, there's a lot of good stuff in there. Johnny, Johnny missed the Fast and Furious car we got back here. <laughs> I see the GI Joes. That's fucking <laughs> awesome. Um, but yeah, so here's a question for you guys: the relationship between you and Mikey. How did that start? Like what was it? What was the, what was the um, beginning of that? How did you guys meet? My brother. Yeah, my brother. Him and my brother were pretty tight. Well, when yeah, we first first met, and uh, I was actually working as an instructor at at Buds at the time, and (laughs) there was a a guy who got injured in their task unit, and uh, I just I just got a call up, and Marcus is like, "Hey, man, this is the coolest. I got to pick my team." And I I just gotten back and guy got hurt and I was walking out of medical. I remember walking out, poking my head around because we were going was gnarly. It was so bad. Ramadi, and um, and uh, I looked at the guy and I was like, "Hey man, I'm taking the guys over. You got any advice for me?" He's like, "Just pray." He's ghost white. It was a new guy. He had been hit fragged by a grenade, dude, and it just busted his ass up, man. And I was like, "All right." And I was walking around, and I had three names on this list. And I was going down the row, each team looking for these dudes. And he was one of them. And I, I remember asking him how to shave. I'll never forget it. We were standing in the sand. I was like, hey, what are you doing? He's like, oh, you know. Because they had called over first. Yeah. Give a heads up. Him, it was Wink, Dave. I went and got you, Dave, and there was one other. Yeah, it was. He's seasoned. I mean, it's, it's, oh, here's it's everything. I didn't it's know he everything. was older than me. That was a great part, too, man. It was like, he played, was older no, than you? Yeah, that he had been around longer than me. I, cause I had some, <laughs> and I was asking him you questions. I actually told him sure. to do something. I was like, hey, I need you to go check on this and do this for me. Mm. And then I walked. He, we went and did it. He didn't say anything. He just went and did it. You were senior to him? And so I, I think we were the same no, rank. No. Yeah, Positional wise, yeah, I'd been yeah. bumped up. I got combat capped, and then, then then they stuck me in there. So, uh, but he'd been around longer than me, which is seniority, which is a respect thing. Oh. And um, somebody's like, "Man, you know who that guy is?" And then even Mojo was like, "God, dude, freaking been around forever, man. Knows everybody." <laughs> I didn't make rank as quick. Yeah, man. yeah. So um, I was like, "Really?" And he's like, "Yeah, man. You get you got. He's one of the ones you got to get to know." I was like, "What's that?" So we here we are. I mean, wow. We're still buddies. Yeah. And yeah, remind, I mean, we'd be outside those tents. He had that chair. He always had a chair, just like you said. <laughs> and, and he'd sit there, and he was, guys would be like, hey, what are you going to do when we get back if we make it? And he's like, I'm going to start a T-shirt company. I'm going to do this. And then the other guy was like, I'm going to be a doctor. And the other guy was like, I'm starting a, this company. And the guy was getting married. You know, I was like, I wanted to go to medical school. I'll never forget those nights and sitting in those chairs with, in, in between the tents. Let's the world blow up around us. Everyone trying to kill us. It was just us. Doing that story time around the fire, yeah. Let me cry. That was sweet. <laughs> I'll never forget those. Oh, then no, at the end of it, good. you get bored, you walk in the guy's tent, like, Hey, you got any good movies? And then, then after we were there so long that they would take the movies out of one folder and put them in a new folder, so it'd be a new movie. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't yeah. a new movie, it was a new folder. It, it's funny I mean, how was, you get so accustomed, so, you know, to yeah. living like that over there. And it's like, I mean, basically, you're just living in a tent, you know, on a cot, and you know. You're lucky if you have a TV in there or whatever to watch something on. And 
It's it's like you come back to America and and you know everything's like new again. You're like, wow, a McDonald's. Like you're like, yeah, I could literally live in my garage of my house right now and it'd be nicer than nice. what I lived in for the last. It's six like we months. were in this orphanage growing up together. We didn't have anything. A chair, a chair. Yeah. Food out of a green. T- we had a green a mermite tub. That's what we ate out of every single day. And then bullets flying. You know, people get the you could shower every other day if you could do that. You know, it's kind of deal, man. And we just. We had the best time hanging out with each other, man. And then we go out at night and people try to kill us and freaking guys get busted up. It was the craziest deployment, man. And what, for you, Mikey, what was, you were instructor for how long before that? Uh, I was an instructor, I, I think I was there um, probably two and a half years. I, I It was a three-year billet, um, but I, I, I mean, once I... Like I, I really liked instructing. It, it's great training the next generation of warriors. Yeah. Um, but when you do get a call, especially to go to a place like Ramadi, I mean, it was the everyone biggest, knew what that was. It was the biggest hot zone. Everyone was trying you to get were there. An instructor and, before you went to Ramadi. Yeah. Yes. I snuck him out of there early. Really? Yep. Okay. Yeah. I know and, that. and we we relieved uh, Task Unit Bruiser, which was Jocko Willings. Jocko Splatoon. and Blay from Chris Kyle yep. and, and all them guys. So Mark Lee. I, I mean, we yeah. knew exactly where we were going, and we knew how dangerous it was, and it's just like you get put on the spot. It's almost like when somebody calls you, like, do you want this role or not? Yeah. Come and take it. You know, and, and we knew, I mean, I, I knew it was dangerous. I knew where I was going, but as a frogman, I mean, that's what you want. You know, that's what yeah. you sign up for. Yeah, yeah. So when you can go do that and you get that opportunity, I mean, there, I guess, you know, there are certain guys that turn those opportunities down at times for other reasons, but I wasn't turning that opportunity down. I love it. So, and, and you really have to change your mindset. You know, my operational gear was was sitting oh, in, in, dude, in my was, cage man. collecting dust at the time because you know I you know I was instructing, so I boom I have to run and break all that gear out, drag it over to the team. I mean I came over there that afternoon. I, mean, I literally left buds checked out and came then over we, there. What that we afternoon. land with and you walk out the door with, you realize is not compatible with what we're fixing to walk into. So right. then we're shedding that stuff. Right. And then you finally see the streamlined version of really? it once you're over there. Man, and it's cool. When we get our battle rhythms, it takes about a month. And then at the end is the worst part because we're ready to come home. So that's usually when our guys get hit is at the end or in the beginning, especially with us. But, man, we had some, we had some fun times, man. So after, when you came back, you went back to instructing, no? Became a civilian instructor? Uh, yeah, that's – I the buds, right? Yeah, I, I – Left the military after that. That's when I started Forged. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I kind of just started as a hobby. Yeah, I, I didn't really know it was going to blow up. But after it took off, I, I ended up getting out. And then I was, I was out for a short period of time, and I get a call. And uh, it was a friend of mine who was running buds. said, hey, we want to bring you back as an instructor. I'm like, you know what? I'm out of the military, right? He's like, yeah, we're bringing in so civilian that was pretty instructors. Unheard of, huh? Yeah, it was the first time they'd ever brought in civilian was instructors. Oh yeah, yeah. I'd great. like to do that one time. Before, is there an age limit on that? <laughs> uh, no, I there, there isn't. Um, I mean, I mean, most of the guys once they get in their forties and stuff, they're not the guys that want to go run the daily evolutions. I don't want to jog or anything. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 that's hey, very clear that's like, of what yeah. I'm yeah. doing. Like, what about <laughs> the guy that drives the suburban? That, yeah, yeah. With the yeah, the mad guy bullhorn? with the, the bullhorn talks yeah. smack. That's, I mean, those guys are brilliant. I mean, there was no one can talk. Sh- Shit like our guys can, man. They, it's unbelievable. They, there was probably, uh, I think, started out, I think there was maybe like eight of us civilian instructors. They're spread out through the pipeline yeah. in different phases. And and then uh, I worked at first phase, 
right? So nobody really wanted to work in first phase because like in first phase, like, I mean, I would have to get out there and run the PTs, do the runs, the evolutions. And you had, I mean, you have, so you first have to really phase is stink. definitely obviously the hardest phase. That's why no, nobody. Yeah, wanted to I mean, you do work the longest hours. So all longest you other hours. phases that think yeah, you work the, long hours, actually, you the guys are going through the program, but there's team guys leading them through it. So yeah. as and still every evolution, you're going back lead. through the program yeah. in itself. Wow. And that ought to let you know what mindset does. Because mm. I remember going into Hell Week, I thought a certain way, and the minute they put that brown shirt on me, I felt like, hey, I was something. Mm. Same way with that. All it takes is for your peers to acknowledge you, that you're something, and that's how you change. And our program is great at that. Well, that's how it is in the Marine Corps. Same you're, way with you're this recruit Marines the are the absolute time. pinnacle of that. You know, you're this recruit. That's how you refer to yourself until you get that EGA and graduate. Then they call you by your name. And you they know? never that stop calling something. you that. You know, once a Marine, something. always a Marine. Once they get yeah, that. But I, I mean, get that. That's one of the coolest things we do. So first phase. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, but just working at first phase, it's it's very rewarding. Um, but, uh, you know, like we had this saying in the teams, the only easy day was yesterday. So for me and just my experience, it, it was cool in the fact that I got to build, you know, my business forged and still, you know, be a SEAL as far as like being in the community. I was civilian. You know, I worked in first phase, you know, side by side that's with awesome. all the guys. You molded I got the, the next generation of SEALs. Yeah, you know? awesome. I well, got that's to forge yeah. the next generation of SEALs. Forge the next generation. I see what you did there. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you Always what, one branded. of the things in, in my experience knowing Mikey, um, one of the best things that I've witnessed is how many SEALs that I've met that look up to this dude. It's, Likewise. it's impressive. Yeah, so we got some guys in the program. Like, you say their names, it's synonymous. Very rarely will you find everybody who likes one dude. Mm. Yeah. That, that usually doesn't happen with us just because team guys are the way we are. Yeah. But there are a few. When you say their name, guys are like, solid dude. Well, you know what's interesting? I was, I'm not one of them. I, yeah. <laughs> just for the record. I've heard about that. Yeah, I've heard I'm about that. I'm not one of those guys. I've heard about that. Well, I was talking to Rob O'Neill and uh and it was funny i was talking about how i find it strange but it obvious it's a natural thing that team guys like you'll find that this guy hates this guy he's not going to come to this party because he's at this party and this guy hates this guy and da, da, da. but mikey's one of those dudes that's like the guy that hates this guy both those guys like Mikey. oh yeah mm. It's he's pretty one of impressive. Steve Ward, yeah, one like of them sorority, you, i mean there's you charlie guys, melton you say those names was like, like oh i got yeah they're good dudes, dudes. A total sorority. And it's because they don't try. You know, and then the I, rest yeah. of the guys are like alphas. I mean, you can't put two alphas. Some of them are just not going to, they're night and day. They're not going to like I each mean, other. I mean, that is like, just one the way of the it issues is. with our community. You get so many alphas just around. Just the way it is. It's nothing <laughs> personal. They, they know that too. Yeah. I mean, that, that's just the way it is. I, I think you can see it with, just in the room. They don't even have to be talking to each other. It's just the way they act. They, it, it, well, there's going to naturally be conflict, but there are certain personalities that, you can like so if it's fire and water like yeah. there's like a, a rock that can deal yeah. with both of them you know what i mean both. he's got this special quality about him that that's really impressive and to hear these you know uh, some of the events that we had of uh, screening warhorse um it was really awesome to sit and be talking to somebody somebody would come up and go oh man johnny this was great and da 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 now that's a Texas boy right you there. That? You see that? Did that's you a see Texas that, boy right there. Make sure he's yes, ma'am. <laughs> I'm a Cali boy, so and he's from Pennsylvania, so I don't know what they're like up there. But um, but 
they'd be talking about, man, the movie was this and da da da. And then all of a sudden the conversation goes right into, yeah, man, Mikey helped me through Buds, bro. It was like, you know, there were some, there were some tough times in Buds, but Mikey, Mikey really helped me through it. You know, that's a, it's an awesome thing, especially because how much suffering goes into becoming a SEAL. Yeah, so our guys don't open you know? up about that a lot. They usually close that. Once they graduate and they get their try, no, no team guys ever fail to run. Yeah. We've never. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hell we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I, I made it right yeah. there. You were standing right beside me crying. What yeah. are you talking and then about? Yeah, like, oh, really? Because I was talking to, you know, I was talking to Marcus. He said, <laughs> Bud's was hard. He's like, oh, he's a pussy, you know. And my, I mean, they're like that. They do that. And it's every now and again, usually happens when one of us dies. Is when you'll you'll get something out of them. Mm. Then maybe, right? Well, like, I'll tell you, you know, what, I, you you're all a bunch of softies. I'll be honest with you, because I think at least the guys that I've met, you know, there's some knuckle draggers out there that are like, you know, like I don't know, you know, maybe they're just stone cold. But dude, this is one of the nicest dudes I've ever met. You're one of the nicest dudes I've met. Rob's one of the nicest dudes I've ever met. And we got monsters. We have them. Yeah, you know, yeah, sure. And, and, and that's a great point yeah, yeah. because I wanted to talk about the shirt you're wearing for vets. That there's now more treatments coming out to help, you know, you guys, you operators, to be able to tap into those emotions that there weren't before yeah. and talk about it. You know, just like veterans exploring. Solutions I mean, because you got that. the team thing, and then you got the war thing, but then you, our childhood. Some of our guys, oh, mm. just their childhoods were just yeah. unbelievable. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. I think one of the big problems, too, is we go from having such a tight-knit community, you know, it, the brotherhood, yeah. and once you leave that, especially guys who, who move away somewhere where there isn't that network of guys around anymore, and you don't realize what you have until you, it's yeah. gone. It's the first and, time my heart ever got broke. Yeah. I was like, I lost, you know. I'm, and you think it's to easy to it, transition and find a job once everyone you're knows out, too, you know, yeah. that sure. translates, right, yeah. and yeah. it's not. And. And it, and we were kind of talking about this last night, and I I think people get lost, and a lot of, of veterans and especially operators, you get lost once you don't have that community, and you got to find you know it's that passion again because yeah. you you spend your you know your whole adult life that you know like just working on them skills, being an operator, and and that community's just around you, and I'm not saying you take it for granted, but it's just always there. And then once you leave, it's gone, and you have to find something to fill that void. Uh, you know, you got to find something to, to to have that passion and or a and new that's passion. Yeah, and I mean that's why I like you know working you know in the film industry with guys like Johnny. You know where we're we're creating stories. We're you know putting out good content. You know putting out stuff that some kid is going to watch. 
and, and see that and, and go like, wow, that, that's really badass, man. I want to be like those guys someday. That's the best way to say that, too, when you're making it and go, okay, if I was back in my house and I was 11 years old watching this, well, what that's, I, what, that's all you I'm know doing. What I mean? That's all I'm doing. Those, the, some of that stuff hits so hard, you're like, I got to go do that. I was teaching my kid the other day, there's some teachers out there that when they go do their thing, the best one I can describe is Bob Ross. Like when that Joker paints, <laughs> you, you can trees. you can do whatever he does. Sure, like I I can do that just by sure. watching him. Die. He makes I, it look so. I easy. go put yeah. the shirt on. I go you know, and I can do that. I feel like that just by watching him paint for five minutes. There are guys in every profession when they do something you're like, oh. You know what's funny is how, how many is that gift? how many people basically said to me, "You can't do that." Do you That's know how a many magic people? word. Do you know how many people have said, well, you can't star in a movie and write a movie and direct a movie and score a movie and edit a movie and color a movie and do all that kind of stuff? You're not allowed to do that. You, you can't do that. Man, it's unreal that, and but for me, right, on my side of the thing, just probably like you guys, like you always had that focus and that vision of like, I'm going to be a Navy SEAL. I, on my side of the fence, it's the same thing. It's like, and, and for them, it may be, seem difficult but for me it's like that's easy yeah yeah yeah. you know that's and if you can and if you could be if if you could be that beacon right for somebody out there even if it's like you know uh warhorse one if somebody watches the movie and says oh man that's that's awesome i'm moved to go be a, i mean uh, a navy seal how many people have said to me yeah i watched black hawk down i joined the army because of sugar and gordon i mean unbelievable like, I can't, I've lost count of how many people have said that to me. And, you know, maybe for individuals like you, right? How many people have read your story and been like, I'm going to be a Navy SEAL? Like, Marcus Luttrell, that's the guy who, uh, that's it, you know? I tell the young ones that. I'm like, hey, if you, if, if you heard our story and you didn't want to be, I mean, if it scared you, like, that was terrible, I'm glad I wasn't there, then you're not supposed to be, yeah. you know, you're not. But if you read something horrible, like when people were dying, like I wish I was there. That's how you know. Then the trainings, the, that's why that comes with with showing up and doing the rest of it. But the hook, and that you know you should be somewhere is that feeling. You're like man, I, I was supposed to do that. I, yeah, I feel it. Well, I'll tell you what. The, um, making a movie, starring in a movie, is a job unto itself. An entire job unto itself. Directing a movie is its own giant mountain of problems sure. writing a movie same thing it's like that's why if, if you watch a movie like each one of these roles is a mountain of work um it's it seems like an impossible task but you know by doing it maybe one day some guy goes oh man johnny did that i'm gonna do that shit i'm gonna make my own movie Oh, every, everything's done like that. As soon as you see somebody knock it out, you're like, oh, it triggers like something else. Like you said, else, you man. got tired of waiting around for someone yeah. to give you, create an opportunity for you. And oh, you imagine that life though, guys. Imagine. Imagine that life of like just waiting yeah. for people, waiting for an opportunity. opportunity and, and all you have to do is go, oh, fuck that. I'm going to do it myself. I'll yeah. do it myself. I'm going to make it. And then have people, which is crazy, like Mikey, as support. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, man, we're going to do a movie. Come on up. Right. Like you, you're gonna play a part, da, da, da. and and then and and then some people go, yeah, I don't know, I, mean, I don't know if it'll work or not, da, da, da. and the whole time you got to maintain your vision and go, no, it's gonna be amazing. People are right. gonna be blown away, and and at the end of the day, 
Some people are gonna connect with it. Some people won't connect with it. Some people are gonna love it. Some people are gonna hate it. Some people are gonna love to hate it and hate to love it. You always got the You got those people too, just like Johnny's saying, when, when you're trying to break into the industry where they're like, their first question out of their mouth is, how much am I gonna get paid? Mm. You know, and if you, yeah, if that's like if that's what it, you're yeah. really hey, doing so it question, for, well, you're yeah. gonna have a really hard time breaking what, it. I mean, from what I've learned, thing, you're gonna have a really hard time is, breaking into the, the industry. That wasn't the reason. Ours isn't a job. You want a job, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah, how much does a seal get paid? Oh, no. <laughs> exactly. Not enough. Right. How much is a seal worth, though? Like the the price tag to make a seal. Well, now that's expensive. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's yeah. what I said. You know, I will never do anything that I'm more proud of than being a Marine. And yeah, I'm sure yeah. it's the same thing uh, with you guys. You know, we never knew. I mean, I never checked either when I was in. I thought that was the best. I never had a worry. I didn't really worry no, about anything worried either, about man. Yeah. Like I do now, and I'm not worried about it. I just worry, and maybe worries are not right, but I have responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Like, I got to check on that. I got to make sure that's fine. I got to do that. And when we're in, somebody covers that. Yeah. You just do what <laughs> you you're told. You just freaking do what you're told, man. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, it's interesting because... There is a bliss in that. Those, um, those aspects, what he's saying about, man, I know actors that if Mikey was like, hey, I'm going to make a movie, they'd be like, oh, I, you got to talk to my agent. You got to talk oh, yeah, to my I'm manager. Sure. And then it's a price tag and all this mm-hmm. shit. For me, man, I... Can y'all I, spot people who show up and are going to get eaten up by the system? I mean, did they act... The like, minute, minute they walk in, like, hey, I'm here to be an actor, and like, oh. Yeah, I mean, what a... Because it can... Hollywood's that Hollywood a dangerous can up, right? it's place, like, too. Like, it can, Hollywood it can is a dangerous you. place. It's like Bangkok. It, it's like Bangkok, right? It's a dangerous place for some people, yeah. and... I think it's, you know, if you're not there because you love it and you want to do it and you die to do it, you know, like even doing War Horse 1, there were two times I almost died making the movie. Straight up, there was a fall that almost, I, I almost fell through a crack that was like, you know, four feet wide, you know, I was doing this something simple, bro, jumping from one rock to the next and one, and I f- tripped and fell. And almost launched right down a death hole. Uh, and then the, the river sequence when yeah, all my river, gear yeah. started to fill up with water and almost drown me. Um, I'd die for that. I'd die for that. You know? You, you know when the support people and the camera people in the boat are too afraid to get in the river. <sighs> and they're going to be in a boat. And then Johnny has to keep jump filming, off man. into the keep water. And yeah. the well, you know, it's a funny story he's telling. So originally we were going to have... Um, people be in a boat in front of me to go down the river. Yeah, Jack. And uh, the when they came up to shoot that, um, they pulled me aside and said, we're not doing it. And I was like, all right, let me figure something out. They're like, no, we'll just cut it out of the script. I'm like, nope, it's in the script. That, that part, that's called a leap of faith. Mm-hmm. So what we have to do as human beings. So... I was like, how do I do it? And so I tried to convince my friends. I went to one of my buddies. I go, I got this idea. I'm shooting a movie. I'm going to be in a river. You're going to hold the camera and you're going to be in front of me going backwards down the river and we're going to shoot this. And they were like, man, people die in that river every year. We're not doing that. No, I, got, I got turned no, it's down. No, going to be great. Hold my beer. I got, <laughs> you don't understand. I got, you got it, man. Yeah. You got it. Dude. I was like, no, no, no. You don't understand. It's a movie. 
we're doing a movie. And they're like, no, we're not doing it. And I thought of one dude. His name's Blake. Shout out to my boy, Blake. And I called him up. I said, this is going to sound crazy, man. How'd you like to go down this river with me? And you're holding the camera and you shoot me going down the river. It's for a movie. And he's like, well, where are we going to do it? And I told him the part of the river that we would do it at. And he said, Johnny, that kills people every year. And I go, yeah, I know. It's going to look amazing. <laughs> what time are we starting? <laughs> I got a terrible idea. Hey, I'm I, in. I don't hey, know what it is. Let's and he was like, he was it. like, all right, let's do it. Yeah, man. And he showed up and we knocked that fucking thing out of the park, man. You got to know when those moments present themselves in the beginning, like no one wants to do it. But then there's a the one guy who's like, he's like, how did you get talked in? He's like. I don't have anything and else going on, I hope dude, you can you know? cut to that scene in the podcast, what he's talking about, because it is so freaking badass. Yeah, Which, that's one of my favorite parts, too, is when you go over and you look at it first, and you're like, nah, mm. fuck that. Yeah. And then, <laughs> well, you know what that is? I love that. I'll tell you what that is. And this is a, and so a lot of things in the film, I don't know if you caught this, but it's metaphors for life. So I'm a type A personality, and I just recently found out that I have sigma parts of my I don't know if you know what that is so I've heard the term I yeah yeah I've, I've heard it and, and you know what's yeah. funny I've never heard it and I was sitting I, there watching a video here. I'd never heard that growing and, up yeah and yeah, I started I, I started to listen to this video and I was like holy shit this is like my personality in a nutshell and then there were some things that weren't but I'm very type a but but very sigma but um my type a personality is that um I'm not going to quit. And it's an interesting thing. The never quit thing is that kind of thing. Like you push through the suffering or push through whatever it is to, to make that happen. So he goes, he looks at the river and he says, no, fuck that. Because he wants to be in control of his destiny. You know, like we all do. We all want to think we're in control. He'd rather fight it out from an inferior position with an enemy that has the above ground above him. Right multiple targets that are getting, being in a gunfight with this guy, he'd rather take that chance. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of that, he realizes, I got to submit. I got to, I got to, yeah, team I, guy halfway I through that, just be like, hey man, if I live through this, it's going to be a great story. Yeah, well, you know, that's the thing. Is, that's what, that, yeah, you story. know. <laughs> oh my God, they're not going to believe this is going to be a great story. <laughs> and so he has to submit to the fact that, you know, he's not in control. And so mm -hmm. he, he puts it in God's hands. He puts it into the hands of the universe and he jumps into the river. Yeah. So I know we're running out of time here. Is there going to be a sequel? There is. There's going to be a sequel. There is. Um, I'm working on something right now. Um, wrote it and um, we're putting it together for next year. And um, my buddy Mikey here has an amazing part to reprise his role as uh, Chief Miller. All right, Hi. Mikey. Mikey, how are you going to start preparing for that role? I got to keep my techniques under wraps right now. But I, I, I mean, I, I'm working on honing my craft right now, yeah. which is, is a totally different discipline from, yeah, I went from being a Navy SEAL to a, an entrepreneur now moving over into the film and television industry. Mm. But uh, I, I'm working, uh, just honing my acting skills with some acting classes and working with Johnny and, and other actors that I've helped train over the years and just taking advice from them and, and being open to how to hone my craft better. Don't go to acting class. <laughs> so how can people... I've heard that. That's my best advice. Don't, you, would you, I, I've had other guys acting? tell me that. You said don't go to acting don't class? Don't go. Yeah. You know the thing is, is do you love Mike? He's all right. Do you love Mike? Yeah. I love Mike because he's Mike. Yeah. We actually love, we all actually love... Sam? Yeah. Yeah. 
We tolerate Mike. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the funny thing is, it's like you do, you do kind of get that from like, like certain actors will be like, "Don't go to acting class. You're wasting your time." Um, but then it's just like team guys. They go ahead and tell you all their Don't lessons go, learned. Yeah. But but yeah, yeah. then I learned from them, like guys like Johnny, you know, and other actors. They help you know train with tactics. I heard and someone stuff. said for Stallone or for Schwarzenegger to lose his accent. You know, he's just like you hear one thing. I think it depends on the individual. They wanted him name. to change his name. Everything, right? You know what his first name was? No. In Hercules? Do you know? Do you know? What? His real name? Yeah, that, yeah we uh, just watched this documentary on he him. He changed his name yeah. in Hercules, I believe it was, to Arnold Strong. Oh, you mean they wanted to change Yeah, They change wanted to change Schwarzenegger yeah, yeah, because yeah. it was too... That new documentary great. was great. It was. I haven't seen yeah. that yet. I haven't it was, seen it. It was great. Oh, yeah. yeah, you got the, yeah that, that, he, that guy was one of my pillars in life. The disciplinarians guided me, and he, uh, that last one... Yeah, he throws it all out on the table, good, for sure. I, I'd like to what see What an that. American tale. Yeah. Oh, question about the sequel, too. Yes, Will there be bathrooms on set while no. filming? Or are we using a shit show? No, we'll it's a, oh, so uh, real quick, before we end the podcast, I want to uh, talk about the shit shovel. So with dudes, right? If like if I invited you up to go hang out and do some weird shit in the mountains, um, <laughs> I, would, uh, <laughs> I would assume that you wouldn't give a shit about taking a shit in the woods. Right, it's actually one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> well, now to you made honest. it weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, but I'm sitting there and I didn't even think about it. So I got all these dudes playing seals and da da da. And then I'm like, I, Sam shows up. And now this I'm is like, a oh man, how do I tell her she's got to dig a hole and take a shit in it? Like, I don't. Because we're up there for a week. I'm like asking her. Yeah. Like, okay, so I understand and peeing, then, uh, but where do I go to the bathroom? And then we're making the announcement, and it's like you hold it up like it's the conch in the Lord of the Flies, I and you're like, "This is the shit shovel." Um, if you got to take care of your business, take care of your business. I remember seeing Sam's face like, "I'm not at doing Mike," it. and just be like, "I'm gonna kill you." No. She's like, "There's not even a portage on up here." We walked up a donkey trail. Like yeah, it took us almost trail. a whole day to get <laughs> up oh here. My God, the lucky thing about her, she doesn't, she doesn't do actually do that particular anomaly that exactly. we have to. That's She's, what I told. Yeah, yeah, girls don't poop. We, we only got the, the we only way, got the funding bro. for one helicopter, <laughs> and it's I not going to be I with us. I did not. Did I go one time? You did. I'd rather no. I said, I asked him. I did not go one time. Not one time. Mel would They would. Yeah. I said. I'll go. die. She's like, I'll yeah. die up here before, before I anyone. Hears this. And the dude, before anyone anybody. sees me grab that shit shovel, <laughs> and he has it like by the fire. We're I, yeah, guys, you. guys were waiting. That's what it is? Oh yeah, for her to yeah. do that. No, nope, not a chance. Right? You know, <laughs> not a chance was I grabbing the shit shovel, dude. When she walked out of that tent every morning, we're like. And that's the thing, too, because when it snowed, you know, we could hardly get out of our tent. So we're just laying there. Mike's just sticking out, peeing. I'm like, what the fuck do I do? I got to go, go out there? Is this some like, spies like us kind of moment up there on the tent with all of them, right? Oh, yeah. Dude, what a great movie. That's one of my favorites. So yeah. yeah. But it was, uh, that was an interesting moment um, with Sam. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so the sequel, not much is going to change. Okay. Uh, it's going to, you know... Making a movie, or at least the way I ap approach making movies, is like, I'm not doing it for money. I don't care about being famous. I don't want to do this for reasons that other people do it. This is just, you know, my offering to God, to the creator, is to 
make that connection, you know? So I tell people that are going to be involved with it, like, that's what we're doing. You know, if that's what you want to do, if, if, if you're okay with, you know, um, spiritual expression, like that's what we're doing it for. Like if it makes money, great. If, if we don't make money, great. It's, it is what it is, but let's make something special so that, uh, it's for us, you know, the, the people who make it is so that we can be satisfied with that expression and then uh, maybe inspire somebody. This particular genre, is this your, what's captivated you, or do you foresee anything different in the future? Because Mike was kind of talking oh, about it. Good like, question, you know yeah, I mean? diving into new roles. You know, I, I... Is there anything else that captures you? or right? I know right now we're in a war environment, I mean, everything we see on TV. Like and comedy, like, you yeah, going to tap comedy. into any comedy? You know, listen... We did talk about that. Yeah, so... Because so, if you can do this, you can do comedy. Yeah, listen, uh, I love, uh, in my daily life, I love joking around. But I don't know if people want to see me do that in movies. <laughs> my, I think there's there's a fan base from my work that is like I just want to see Johnny run guns and yeah. do sure. stuff like that. That yeah. that's you know it's like um, people loved watching Clint Eastwood. I know exactly what you're talking cowboy, about. That's, you know he, that's what he does. I want to see him doing that. Yeah, and you know. <sighs> It's a it's a skill set that I have, so I might as well do it. I would love to do a comedy. I would love to do stories. And the other thing too about movies is it's a, if you want to make them outside of the studio system, there's two forms that you can actually like make a movie and sell a movie, and that's action movies and horror movies for and, minimal amounts of money. Right? We're talking about shows like Blair Witch that back in the day when there was just man, a that, kids getting that's together. A great yeah, example. Blair Witch, yeah. and then it turns into yeah, and yeah, you, but. If you wanted to make a love story about a guy who's just loves his flowers in a garden, good luck selling that movie, bro. You're never going to sell that to anybody. <laughs> you know, but you if, if, if you do Mar <laughs> if you do a story with Marcus Luttrell, a guy who loves his flowers in a garden, but his neighbor is trying to kill the the garden, right. poison it. And Latrell's got to do what he's got to do to keep his yeah, garden the scene alive. Was Latrell in the garden different. trying to crank a lawnmower with no gas in it? <laughs> Some of the funniest things I've ever seen. This is happening to me the other day. Is when dudes and machines, right? Oh yeah. Mm. Trying to. We're getting off topic. So two things, yeah. real quick, before yeah, go we ahead. do cut off here. How do people follow you? How can I follow and get news and updates about the sequel about War Horse One now? How can I follow you? And don't follow me. Don't follow you. Social media is cancer. <laughs> um, and that stuff is um, not really what I'm into. Uh, but you can check out the film on iTunes or Amazon okay. or Vudu or any of the digital uh, outlets. Um, they'll have the film available. Um, you can follow Mikey or Sambo or Mikey and Sambo. And Mikey like, is? You can follow me on Instagram at Forge Mike. Okay. Or you can just follow Samantha and... She actually does a lot more of my posting than I They're actually do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, how about the worst one the here, uh, tag? Yeah. Uh, yeah the, can we get that? Uh, Operator Films uh, Warhorse One is the the Instagram for On that. Instagram, right? Um, for the movie. Uh, yeah, and then other than that, just you know, uh, if you hear about a movie that we're doing or something like that, just uh, go check it out. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's something. Well, we're gonna bring like. you back on for the next one too. All right. We'll have you back out. I'd love to be here. And is there anyone you want to give a shout out to? Thanks, sponsors that helped with the movie or anyone? Or I mean, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of people involved in the film, and I wish you 
would have told me that and I would have made a list of everybody. But for those that, the best thing I could say about that, yeah, next time, tell me. <laughs> um, the best she thing. She ran you right into that one, girl. I just want to remember Morgan so, doing no, that. I guess yeah, he did yeah, it for great. me. And yeah, I was yeah, like, oh, that's, that's great. great. That's so Here's what I could say is nice to, job, everybody, to, to, to everybody who believed in it and who gave everything that they could to make it a masterpiece to those people, I thank them mm. from the bottom of my heart. For other people that were involved that didn't do that, it is what it is. Um, good luck with everything else. Outstanding. Well, thanks, brother. Thanks for yeah, being here. Thanks, thanks for having me, me, brother. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you for letting me co-host with you. We did awesome a phenomenal job. job. Make sure to go check out Warhorse One. It is such a fantastic movie. We will see you next week.